So last week we talked about going from fans to the field. We talked about the mission that our life really is all, supposed to be all about. Our life is supposed to be all about the mission. Not just being fans sitting on the sidelines watching some other people go out and do the mission that God's called us to, but really going from fans to the field where we get on the playing field, we get out into the world, we get our hands dirty, and we make an impact as well. We talk about how we're made for the mission. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you're made for the mission. And what is that mission? It's to go and spread God's good news about Jesus to all the world. Look, because why? Because in Jesus, there's forgiveness of sin. In Jesus, there is healing. In Jesus, there is freedom. In Jesus, there is new life. That is some good news. And it's all about Jesus. That's what our mission is all about. So last week was the what and the why of our mission. Why do we, why do we serve, why are we serving on the mission? Because God's called us to it, and if we're not on the mission, we're missing out. We talked about the what and the why. This week and next week are going to be the how. The how we get onto the field, the how we accomplish the mission, the how we spread God's news to the world. The message today, and I think we'll kind of see, it's not necessarily the way that you might think. The message today is called Down is Up. Turn somebody next to you and say, Down is Up. Let's pray and get kicked off today. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that your word is perfect. We thank you that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We thank you that you've called us on a mission. God, we thank you that our lives uh, could be all about the mission. We get the privilege of spreading your good news to the whole world. Jesus, I pray that you'd open our eyes to see your word today. Speak to us, encourage us, motivate us, and change us in our hearts to truly seek after you more and more than we ever have and to seek to accomplish your mission in the world today. And Jesus, we thank you just for being faithful to our prayers last week and giving such an amazing blessing to the LSU Tigers yesterday and bringing them back from defeat to victory. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Y'all know prayer works, right? It also helps to be playing Vanderbilt, okay? All right. Those two things really help. Uh, So if you look around at the world right now, 2020, I think in the theme of the message today, down is up. I think we can all admit that 2020 has been a little bit of a down year, right? We thought 2016 was bad, and then 2020 rolled around. At the beginning of the year, we were all like, 2020 vision, and we did not see 2020 coming, right? Yes. 2020's been a little bit of a down year. If you don't believe me, just wait a second. How many times you, the world in 2020 is breaking down, right? Culture is upside down. 2020 has been a little bit of a letdown. Our politicians and our leaders do nothing but put each other down. It's a down year. America seems like it's melting down. The economy is shut down. It's a down year. Hands down. I'm not just being a downer. It's a down year. But in the spiritual, what we need to realize is that down is the way up. And up is the way down. And see, I'm not blaming all of the problems of the world on this, but I do believe 
that we can look at a lot of the problems in our world and in society and in relationships and in how culture and how people relate to each other. I believe that we can look at a lot of the problems in society and we can see that the reason maybe the world is so broken down and fallen, if we want to use the theological term here, is that for so many people, for so long, we've been seeking to put ourselves up. To lift ourselves up high. And as I've been studying this week, it's a principle that you find all throughout the Bible. Again, like we talked about last week about the mission that God has for us. There is no shortage of Bible verses about this concept. And today, just to give it a 2020 term that kind of makes a little sense to us, I want to call this term social gravity. Somebody say social gravity. Or you can even say spiritual gravity. Either one. But the concept is this. Take all these pieces of paper right here. In 2020, what we do is we try and talk ourselves up, boost our image, boost our status, make ourselves look good, make ourselves look like we've got it all together. We do nothing but lift ourselves up and up and up and up and up and up. But the way up is down. Jesus puts it this way. It's in Proverbs. You may have heard it before. It says that pride, lifting yourself up, comes before what? The fall. A haughty spirit comes before destruction. Jesus says it this way in Matthew 23, verse 12. It says, he who what? Those who exalt themselves will be humble. Those who lift themselves up, who boost themselves up, who try and make themselves look good, who try and just meet their needs, who try and follow their heart, as Disney says, who's, you just do you, right? And then we're so surprised when we fall. We're surprised that the world is fallen, and yet the reality is we're fighting against spiritual gravity. We're fighting against social gravity. It's a rule. It's the way the world works. When we exalt ourselves, when we make life all about us, There's a fall coming. Jesus says when we exalt ourselves, we will be humbled. And right now, if you're not even thinking about yourself, you're thinking about all the other people that exalt themselves. You just exalted yourself. You see how it's just sneaky? It just sneaks up on you. They say that pride, one of my favorite theologians says it this way, that the sin that is underneath every sin is the sin of pride. Because no matter what other sin that you commit, underneath it truly is the worship of yourself. Jesus says those who exalt themselves will be humbled. But I want to tell you something today. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be like this. Because how many of y'all know that God's way is different? When we follow God's way... Things change. When we follow God's way, the rules change. How many of y'all know that a miracle is when the rules and the laws of nature stop? This is the way of the world. Lift ourselves up, lift ourselves up, lift ourselves up, and then we fall. But the way of the world, hold on, I got a little secret back here. Where are we at? But the way of Jesus... Is those who humble themselves, 
who bring themselves low will be brought high, be exalted. Turn somebody next to say, down is up. I'm going to keep this thing right here. We'll come back for you later. All right. Say, down is up. Down is up. He says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, see, in this is the entire message of the gospel. This is the cross. This is the good news. Because the reality of Jesus dying on the cross is this. Is that you and I, the entire world is so sinful and fallen and broken. We're this bad that it took the God who created the universe. The Lord Most High. The one who has created the world who holds every atom together in the entire universe. It took him to die in your and my place for us to be made new. I want to tell you something. The gospel is at the same time the most humbling and yet the most uplifting message that the human heart can ever hear. One of my favorite theologians and speakers says it this way. The gospel is this, that we are more sinful and flawed than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, Because Jesus died on the cross for us, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. The way down is up, and the way up is down. See, the beginning of our walk with God, accepting Jesus, is not, there's nothing more humbling than accepting Jesus. Because we realize that we're so bad that it took God to die on the cross for us. And yet at the same time, the fact that he loved us so much to die on the cross for us is more uplifting than anything we could ever hear. That the God who loves the universe came down for us. Man, that's the gospel in a nutshell. The way up is down. Down is up. And what we're saying when we go out and we focus in on serve day and when we humble ourselves, we're saying We're not going to be a part of the problem. We're going to be a part of the solution and be lowering ourselves so God can exalt us. We're not going to be a part of the problem. We're going to be a part of the solution. Now, you're probably out there thinking, okay, 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 okay. You're talking about, I thought you were talking about serving. Why are you talking all this about humility? Like they see, I mean, I get maybe they're related, but one is one thing, one is the other. The truth is this. Is that service is the action. Serving is the action, but humility is the mindset and the motivation to serve. If serving is the vehicle, humility is the fuel that keeps it going. Now, all of us might be able to push the, the dead car over the finish line Saturday, but if we don't have the fuel of humility... We're not going to be able to keep going and live out the life of service. And that's what we desire for you. It's not just serve on Saturday, but man, that we would have our lives be all about the mission. That we wouldn't be just fans and come down and maybe play a scrimmage on Saturday, but we live on the field. That we live a life of humility. So we got fuel in the car to keep going, to keep serving, to keep reaching. Look. We looked at Philippians chapter 2 last week, talking about how Jesus came on a mission for us. But let's look at it this week in a new light. Because Paul talks about 
He talks about Jesus, how he came on the mission. But at the beginning, when he introduces it, he says, look, this, I'm, I'm encouraging you, church, to live this way when you look at Jesus. And look what he says. The whole, the whole reason why he points to Jesus and he shows how God came from heaven to earth, from on high to down low, he says this. Don't do anything out of what? Selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Lower yourself so you can lift them up. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Keep going. In your relationships with one another, have the same what? Mindset, motivation, attitude as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, he's saying he was the most high. He was elevated and exalted above all, but even though he was God, he didn't consider that status and that equality with God something for him to just hold on to. He didn't consider, even though I'm so high, I'm going to stay up high. That's what he's saying. And continue on. He says this. Rather, he made himself what? Nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he did what? Humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Serving the mission. Even death on a cross. And then what happens? Therefore, God did what? Exalted him to the highest place. Gave him the name that is what? Above every other name. Somebody say down is up. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, God, above all, the highest, to the glory of God the Father. Down is up. So I want to share some three thoughts about serving. We said, remember, humility is the fuel, serving is the vehicle, all right? I want to share some three thoughts. The first one is this, is this. Serving brings everyone up. Serving brings everyone up. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, I believe it is, humble yourselves. Everybody say, humble. Like I said, there's no shortage of verses about this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty Hand of God, so that at the proper time, not you just may be exalted, but that he may exalt you. And here's a principle that I want us to all get, okay? When we exalt ourselves, it's a human hand that's doing the exalting. I'm only so good at lifting myself up. But then it's the hand of God that comes and humbles me. Now, when I humble myself, it's a human hand that's doing the humbling. But whose hand is it that's lifting me up? I'm going to tell you something. God is a whole lot better at humbling me than I am at humbling me. And God's a whole lot better at exalting me than I am at exalting me. And now service, serving, brings everyone up. In Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said it this way. Let your light So shine before men, before others, that they may see your what? Your good deeds, your serving, your works, and then glorify your Father in heaven. Look at what Jesus is saying. He's saying your light is no light that you have. Your light 
is God in you. And the way we let that light shine is through good works, which means what? Taking our... You like that sound? All right. By doing what? Taking ourselves down low. Coming to the others who are down low. Coming to the others in the world who are fallen and broken. We lower ourselves. Now what happens when we lower ourselves to the ones who are broken? It says what? They're going to see our good deeds. And they're going to do what? Glorify our Father in heaven. They're going to worship. We're going to take them up with us. Serving brings everyone up. Turn to somebody tell you that. I say, serving bringing everyone up. Serving brings everyone up. When we lower ourselves, God doesn't just exalt us. Man, we have an opportunity to affect the eternal status of the community and the people, the individuals around us. It says that it's our good works, it's our serving, it's our humility that's going to cause people around us to be like, Wow, God is good. Historians who aren't even believers, non-Christian historians, look at the history of the early church and they say the way that the early church spread, even though there was such intense persecution, the Roman emperors who hated Christianity thought it was a crazy cult where they you know, ate the, the flesh of a Jewish rabbi and all this so crazy and they wanted to, to destroy it. The way that this crazy Jewish cult spread in the Roman Empire was the fact that even though these Christians were persecuted and tortured and under threat of execution, the people in their communities around them saw how they served the poor, saw how they fed the hungry, saw how they clothed the ones who were homeless. And they said, there's something, wow, God is good. Serving lifts everyone up. And that leads us to the next thought, and that is this. Serving sets us apart. Serving doesn't just lift everyone up, but serving sets us apart. The more I thought about it and studied this week, I realized that serving is one of the main identifying traits of a person who follows Jesus. It's it's right up there with with our beliefs and everything, the action of serving is one of the identifying traits of a believer. I'm going to tell you something. You're never going to find a dolphin that's got fur or a dog that's got flippers. You can just write that one down. That's, you know, it's very theological. Okay. And look at what Jesus says about believers. In Mark 10, 42 through 45, he says this. You know that those who are considered the rulers... The leaders, the ones who are so high and mighty over the Gentiles, another translation says the rest of the world, those who are leaders, they lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. They say, oh, I'm the leader. I'm the boss. Don't you see the title on my name tag? And I love what Jesus says. But it shall not be so among you. Believers are different. Believers are set apart. Believers do what? Whoever would be great among you must be, say this word with me, servant. Whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Jesus says, look, 
You want to know what a Christian looks like, what my disciple looks like, what my follower looks like? There's somebody who is a slave to everyone they come in contact with. I think for most of us in here, the last time we said the word slave was, I'm not your slave. (laughs) Jesus says, whoever wants to be my true follower, whoever wants to be great among you, has got to be slave of all because even the son of man, even the Messiah, even the God of the universe, God most high came not to be served, but to serve. And give his life as, yeah, clap for Jesus. God is so good. Serving sets us apart. Matthew 5, again, going where Jesus talked about letting our light shine. Look at what he says. He says, you are the light of the world. Now, it's a little confusing to some people because Jesus in the book of John chapter 8 says, I'm the light of the world. But then in Matthew 5, he says, you're the light of the world. And the reality is this, is the way that we're the light of the world and he's the light of the world is that we're more like mirrors reflecting the light of the world. We reflect the true light of the world. We're shining for the world that is in darkness, that is broken, that is fallen down. Look at what it says. People don't light a lamp and put it under a bowl or a basket. It would be foolish to light a candle and then block out the light that it's going to do. But instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. Glorify your Father in heaven. Now, this week, me and my wife, Jen, and our little girl, Emmy, because our two boys were at school, were working up here at the church. And uh, we were bringing some heavy equipment from back there to up here in the auditorium, to the tool room that's, that's in here. And if you guys have ever been in the auditorium when all the lights are off, yo, it's dangerous, okay? It's very dangerous. And so I've got all the stuff in my hands. We came through the wrong door, so we weren't near the, the light switch. So Jen pulls out her flashlight. But our little girl is like, you know, she's four years old, so she's scared. And so I'm like, okay, daddy's going first. All right, daddy's going first. Don't worry, nothing to be scared of. Daddy's going first. But I had my hands full, so I didn't have the flashlight. Y'all get where I'm going? The person with the flashlight is behind the daddy who's got all the tools. And so I'm blocking the light. I'm blocking the light. And there's lots of chairs that are set up like a maze in here, okay? And they are just at the, the, the metal legs are at the perfect height for shins to just boom, come and mmm. And it hurt so bad when I did that, okay? And coming out of my mouth, straight from the mouth of God to my mouth, came this sentence. I said, okay, the one with the light has got to lead the way. And I was kind of, I was kind of mad when I said it. And then I was like, oh, Jesus, my shins were sacrificed so we could all have a word for this Sunday, okay? The one with the light has got to lead the way. Jesus said, let your light shine. We're the light of the world. We're reflecting his light. And I'm going to tell you what, we can't sit around waiting for some organization, for some politician, for somebody else to go into the world and make a difference. Because it's the one who has the light that's got to lead the way. The one who's got the light has got to lead the way. 
The way to let that light shine is to get ourselves out of the way. John said, I must decrease so that God would increase. Let the light of the world shine. And when we serve, we're lifting others up. When we serve, what we're doing is we're setting ourselves apart from the rest of the world. We're not going to be part of the problem. We're going to be part of the solution. We've got the light of the world. When we serve, it's the way that we shine the light in the world that is darkened by the self-obsession that we see everywhere, the self-exaltation that just leads to more shame, that just leads to more falling, that leads to more sin, that leads to just this cycle of over and over and over and over again, falling and falling and falling and falling. But church, we've got the light. We've got to lead the way. We've got to show the world that the way to come up out of this fallen and broken world is to go down so we can go up. We've got to lead the way and say, look, we've got to humble ourselves so that God would lift us up instead of exalting ourselves just so we could fall. We got, we've got to lead the way because the truth is this, is that serving humility Serving reflects God. It's the way that we're that mirror and we shine the light on Jesus. It's not about me. It's it's all about you. It's not about what I want. It's all about what God wants. It's not about me, but my neighbor, it's all about what you need. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Beauty and the Beast? There is, you know, there's the beast, right? And he's under a curse. And the whole reason that he's under a curse really is his pride and his arrogance, and his selfishness, and it leads him to what? The curse. His pride, his arrogance has led him to be cursed. And now at the end of the movie, when he's transformed, and he's saved, and the curse is broken, we think it's because, yes, he, he fell in love. It was true love. But if we look back and we examine when the beast really started to change, when he started to fall in love, when that curse started to be broken was when what? When Belle comes to save her father who's in prison. And what does she do? She says, I'm going to take his place. Even though it means I'll be a prisoner and a servant and a slave for the rest of my life. She lowers herself. And then you see, oh, it's a pattern. When the beast comes and fights off the wolves, spoiler alert, okay, everybody, it's, it's like a 20-year-old movie. Shouldn't have to do spoiler alerts. But the beast comes and fights off the wolves, and at this point, he's sitting there, he's injured. At this point, Belle could just split. She could leave. She's free. But she does what? She again chooses to go back into prison of the castle, to go back into slavery, and to do what? To take care of of his wounds, to take care of his needs over what she wants. And at the end of the movie, it's really the culmination. It's not this one moment. It's when he realizes and he sacrifices his own self. That meant then it's like, okay, the love is real. And the curse is broken because he saw her humility. It led him to humility. And check this out. It wasn't just the beast who the curse was broken for, right? It was everybody under his influence too. 
is a chain reaction. That when, when one was saved, that everybody started to be lifted up. Everybody, the curse was broken. Isn't that just a picture of the gospel? That Jesus on high decided to come and take our place. And when we realize the great love with which God loved us, the curse is broken and we are made new. And the reality is this, church, that's what the world needs. That's what the world needs. The world needs us to get out of our own way, to humble ourselves, to serve them, to get out in the community and show them what God's love truly looks like. Last scripture, and then we'll close out. John 13. This is the picture that Jesus paints for us. At the Last Supper, the very night before Jesus was to be crucified, tortured, beaten, bruised, broken for your and for my sins, for the sins of the world. And he's God. He knows it's coming. Historians say that it's the most torturous way that humankind has ever thought of to kill another human being. And Jesus knows it's coming. How many of y'all know the last thing you say to somebody is very important? And what does Jesus do? He gets down and he does this thing that in Jewish culture was very, very, very dishonorable. He, he gets down and before, you know, as this meal's going on, he gets down and it says that he gets down and he washes the disciples' feet. And it's, it's I know already the, the feet people in here are like, that's nasty, okay? It's even nastier 2,000 years ago when they're walking in sandals, dirt roads everywhere. It was literally the lowest of the low servant would do this job. The lowest of the low, no one wanted this job. And look at what Jesus says. You call me teacher. You call me the wise one. You call me the one that's above you. And you call me Lord. Lord most high. Master. The God who's created the universe. And rightly so, because that is what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have lowered myself so low to wash your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example so that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And now that you know these things, You will be blessed if you do them. And I'm going to tell you something, church. You're going to be blessed this Saturday. But you're going to be blessed so much more if instead of pushing that car over the finish line Saturday, we humble ourselves and fill up with the fuel of humility, with the mindset and the motivation and the lifestyle of lowering ourselves. And every day, waking up and saying, God, who can I serve today? God, I want to be the slave to every single person I come in contact with because, God, you met every single one of my needs. Not just serving on Saturday, but serving every day. Because God went from most high to the lowest of the low for you and for me. It transforms us, doesn't it? It breaks the curse. It takes us from broken down and fallen and it elevates us better than we could ever elevate ourselves. Aren't you thankful for God? Aren't you thankful for his love? Aren't you thankful for his humility and his example? 
So what I wanna do today, wherever you're at this morning, just bow your heads and close your eyes as we close out this part of the service. And I, I, I wanna offer every single person who is either watching in online with us this morning or here in the room, if you want to humble yourself and accept the gift of salvation through Jesus, like I said, it's the most humbling and yet at the same time, the most uplifting thing you can ever do. It transforms you, gives you new life. The Bible says if anybody's in Christ, they're a new creation. If you're looking for a new creation, a new beginning this morning, it's only found by humbling yourself and accepting the gift that Jesus has given us through the cross, through his blood, so that we could be made new. If you want to do that this morning, whether you're watching in online and you raise your, <clears throat> your hand on Victory Live or you raise your hand here in the church, I'm just gonna count to three. And at three, if that's you, you wanna accept that gift, you wanna pray that prayer, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. One, two, three. Awesome. What I wanna do, church, is every single one of us in here pray this prayer out loud. So we're not singling out anybody in here or online. And it's not the words that save us, it's the faith in Jesus that saves us. It's the heart behind the words. So church, let's pray this prayer out loud and help the ones who've raised their hands say, dear Jesus, I thank you for humbling yourself. I thank you for coming low to earth and humbling yourself to die for me. I thank you, God, that you love me so much even though I've sinned so much. God, I accept your gift of forgiveness. I thank you for making me new. And God, I commit my life to you. Make me new. And let me follow you for all my days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, can you put your hands together for all those who prayed that prayer this morning?